the mom who was playing Animal Crossing and kept sending her kids letters and while her kids were like making fun of her for being obsessed with Animal Crossing. <laughs> and then she died and they all logged in and found oh. the letters in oh, the wow. mailbox. Just the most like is that the game wow. that people have been looking forward to? Yeah, I guess so. All people right. like to feel connected to something. Like if it's a little town that you kind of grow and build. I mean, it is cute. Like, I, I don't I mean, need to have. I was just saying this earlier today. Like I don't need to have debt in like a video game. <laughs> like it's enough already. <laughs> okay. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Struggle Session. I'm Leslie the Third. I'm Jack Allison. And today we are joined finally, finally. finally by yeah. Trevor Strunk of No Cartridge. Thank you so much for finally getting. We find if the stars finally lined up. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. No, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Thanks for having me on. Sorry, uh, sorry, it wasn't sooner, but it's a, it's a. I honestly thought it was going to be a dud E3, but it's been a big one. There's so been like, some cool a, stuff. There has yeah. been some cool stuff. Yeah. So today we're talking about the other big conference this weekend. Mm-hmm. Of course, the biggest one. Of course, the biggest one was BugCon. Yes, of course, Ex- BugCon comes first. Everyone came to L.A. for BugCon, and then some stragglers, you know, uh, went and wandered over to E3. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, BugCon was, was the big one, and now we're going to talk about, you know, this sort of, uh, sort of uh, you know, up-and-comer E3. Yeah, I, I do want to just give you a quick congratulations, Jack. Oh, thank you. you were... You know, one of the driving forces behind BugCon. Of course, our bug is an awesome bug, but he couldn't do it without his disciples. Uh huh. It's true. Well, you know, I, uh, the cult, um, you know, has evolved from a cult into a corporation. And so it's just as culty. Um, but, you know, now it's a business. And so you can get, you know, company debt and stuff like that. And that allows you to do something like BugCon. So, you know, there's a, there's a bright future for BugCon. And in fact, you know, uh, I'd like to say right now that, you know, at BugCon 2020, you know, uh, 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 t- you know, tentatively based on Leslie's availability, we'll yes. have a struggle session show out there. And I'd even like to, uh, you know, extend the offer to you, too, Trevor, you know, for oh, wow. a, a no cartridge show at BugCon 2020. You know, I was I've always I've kind of always dreamed about having a show out out on the uh, out on the the uh, what is it the left coast the best coast yeah, like yeah. the west coast sure is what some call it yeah no i mean i just thought you guys all had nicknames for it uh, <laughs> yeah we call we all in california call it cali of course <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's embarrassing because in philadelphia we most of us call it philly which is i mean maybe philadelphia people will yell at me for that i don't know but um but no yeah i would love that absolutely i mean it's yeah. a dream of mine to play at BugCon. Wow. E3. And uh, as you said, Trevor, I was surprised by like how much I found that I was interested in from this one because this one was one that like Sony said they weren't going to bother to show up at. Right. Like they just were like, fuck it. Um, nothing, yeah. you know, we don't really have anything this year. And that's <laughs> usually what I'm looking forward to. We, of course, have, you know, the, um, what's looming over this E3 is this might, this will be the last one of the current gen because, um, the new systems will be, uh, coming out mm. next year from both, uh, Sony and, uh, Xbox. So, like, you know, this is kind of like, what, what, like a sitting duck year yeah. of, uh, games. But as longtime gamers know, that's sometimes when you get the best games. That's when we got God of War 2. That's, and Final Fantasy 12. That's when we got, uh, The Last of Us, really. It was kind of a, one of those sitting duck games when, you know, the systems have been pushed to their final limits and you can finally make some really, um, interesting, groundbreaking, uh, games that run at really low frame rates. Yeah, it's not like, you know, in the old days, I remember looking at old, like, Nintendo Powers, and they'd be talking about, like, the Super Nintendo coming out, and there'd be, like, just these, like, you know, maybe, like, a year and a half, two years into the Super Nintendo, and there'd just be these old, weird NES games coming out. Like, I remember Mega Man 5, I think, was, like, a weird tweener. Uh, It didn't quite make a Super Nintendo release, but it was, came out, like, you know, one of the last few games that came out for the NES, and, like, those games were cool in a way, like mostly to people who were like weird games. Cause they're just weird. Like they're kind of mm-hmm. like, they're trying something new. No one bought them. They sort of exist in this weird, like liminal space. But like, I think you're right, Leslie, like the, the, the games themselves just like now, because they're pushed so far, like these dev kits are pushed so far in these systems that once you actually get to the end of a run of something like say the PS3 or the PS4 coming up, um, you actually get some like, ultra ultra polished good stuff Mm -hmm. not just weird but like actually very very solid right it's the it's the 
Final Fantasy VI, Final Fantasy IX theorem of like, you know, these are the ones where they were pushing, you know, the the technology to its fullest. I, I think I maybe rep Final Fantasy IX for that very reason. Uh, mm. uh, it just has such a cool like look, and they like really they're like they had mastered the PlayStation One at that point. Yeah, and Final Fantasy XII uh, is another game that yeah. came out like after the PS3. Um, I think was already released, and now that game recently got re-released, so people are re-discovering uh, it finally. Game really and, holds up. Yeah, it really, it's really great. I gotta play twelve. I've never played it. It's really good. It's really good. But of course, we we said the magic words, Final Fantasy. Yeah, what everyone is hyped about, and it's kind of. We learned a lot more about the Final Fantasy VII remake. Now, yeah, just, yeah before we get into it, I just want to say, if you listened to our episode last year about E3, I told you what was going to happen. This is not the Final Fantasy you grew up with. This is a brand sure. new game yeah. with the characters. It, it could probably better be described as like a skin on top of Final Fantasy 15. <laughs> like, uh, Final, Final Fantasy <laughs> same character. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but because of the style of, you know, the original Final Fantasy 7, they actually said this, you know, years ago when people were asking him to remake it and they were like, Fuck no, it would cost like a billion dollars because of how big that game is. If we tried to put it into a fully realized 3D world, it would just be like the biggest game ever by a lot. But maybe it is going to be because we learned that uh, we saw a lot more of the gameplay and it all took place in Midgard, which is the city that you first encounter, that you spend like the first two or three hours of Final Mm -hmm. Fantasy VII in. That's going to be the whole game. When it comes out, that's going to, uh, uh, that's going to be the whole chapter one that's going to take place right. on two Blu-ray discs of the Final Fantasy VII remake. That's just going to be the first like two hours of the game. And, um, I told you so. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like this is kind of like a, the TV remake or something <laughs> yeah. because they're like doing it in this weird episode fashion. I, I, I guess I will say I was like not that. I haven't like been into that that much into uh, uh, the Final Fantasy VII remake because I didn't really like the the art direction. Um, but seeing it in motion here and seeing the like the whole you know the actual like playing, I was like, okay, I think I can actually, pl- I think I could get into like like you said, Leslie, like a a, a Final Fantasy fifteen skin with like extended <laughs> Final Fantasy seven themed levels or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's weird to me, like. I'm I'm slowly so I, I had to go through two things with the Final Fantasy VII remake. The one was that like I wasn't super interested in the idea of a remake. Like it didn't do anything for me. It's not one. Of, it's a seminal game for me. Like it's one of the first like full RPGs I played through um, that I can really remember. Um, it's like an important game for me in a lot of ways. But like I got in trouble with a friend about this uh, over on Patch Notes, uh, the, the the news podcast we're doing now, where like I basically was like, you know, I hope this game. Uh, fixes the story because the story is like is not very good um and everyone got mad at me i was like wow it's like <laughs> explain the story to me there's like zach and cloud and there's clones and like who's <laughs> like and they're like well that's like that's the story like they'd have to change the whole thing it'd have to be totally new and i said great like make a new game like make something that makes sense um and so like that was my hesitation like i thought well you know it's cool but it's flawed like what are we doing here why are we going back to this well it's just fan right. stuff um but it looks like they've it's looks like they've come to it with like a very very fresh uh, mm-hmm. attitude. And the other thing I had a hard time getting hang on, hang on, and I'm starting to be okay with is episodic stuff. Yeah, like the idea of episodic RPGs being released and when they aren't indies, like when they're indies, that's fine. That's kind of expected. Sure, where, where you sort of like okay, you get through like episode one of this, um, just wait for you know chapter two to come out and then chapter three or whatever, whatever. Um, but for full AAA RPGs, it just feels like, okay, what are we actually doing here? Is this is this a real effort? And I don't know. Like, I know this is what they're supposed to do, and I should be a little less um, – I should be a little more skeptical. But uh, I was convinced that they're doing a little more. Like, they're actually, like, putting some time and effort into this. And this is, like, a serious, serious release. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what you said about fixing the story, because it seems to me like there is room – like if they're, they they can't put out like twenty games releases of this, and they would have to in order to tell the whole story. But if they like 
rethink and condense right. and kind of yeah. streamline the story in a way that it would actually make sense across, you know, three of this style of modern game. I think that wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. I think that would actually be fine. Like, I know everybody wants to go to the Honeybee Inn, but, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe you don't have to. Maybe you don't have to in this game. Maybe you don't need all of everything you need. Now, I do feel like there's a danger that they're probably going to cut a character or two. Right. Um, and that's going to be tricky. Yuffie that, might get cut. I could see her her going the way of the Dodo. Um, I, could see, I could even see like Red 13 yeah. uh, getting cut. Yeah. Um, Kate that, Sith is the traitor, so I don't know how you're going to cut him, but um, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's I, tough. I could see I could see anyone anyone outside the core mechanic of like you know, uh, Cloud Tifa, Eris, Barrett, and I guess Sid. Um, outside of that core, I could see people dropping like flies. Which is why I, I almost feel like that's almost why I said this thing about it feeling like the TV adaptation, which is just mm. like I, I think that like, you know, it, it it seems like they're making it different enough that it will be easy, you know, uh, uh, mentally to be like, well, this is a different telling of the story. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you know, if some of the characters are gone, if some things are restructured, I don't know. I guess I think that's more interesting than, you know, uh, uh, just seeing the Final Fantasy story again, but with uh, hyper realistic characters uh, with with good looking hair, the hair looking really, <laughs> really good. <laughs> And I, one thing I do have to say that really, like, really pisses me off, actually, the voice acting on Barrett. Like, my God, you had 15 years to realize that, you know, the translation for Barrett was a little bit, you know, over the top racist. <laughs> and now you get the voice actor doing the most shitty angry growly black guy voice like i will play this game one thousand percent in japanese i cannot stand that voice (laughs) actor or Mm. whatever what he's doing or been told to do it is awful he should be ashamed the director should be ashamed it's terrible is he black or is is it is it because i know this happens in like cartoons and stuff like i'll find like black characters in the cartoons my daughter watches are just voiced by white people doing racist accents um let's see John Eric Bentley, name could go either way, is a black guy, is okay. a black guy. Okay, so that's, I mean, you know, in, in the land of video games, they've, they've they checked right. the one box. Yeah. John Eric, I'm so disappointed in you. He's done <laughs> a lot of stuff. Oh, he's in Resident Evil Extinction. Yeah, he, oh man, wow. that's very, like, I've seen his face before. He is, a, I've seen, I've definitely seen him in some stuff, like, man. John Eric, you, sometimes the check isn't worth it. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's like what's 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 weird to me about about like is I, I agree with what you're saying, Jack and and Leslie about like the the way that maybe this won't be like a one to one adaptation. Maybe people will be comfortable with that, but like mm-hmm. I think if that's the case, there's going to be some incredible backlash to this. I think so too. Like there's, did you guys see the the thing where uh, on V on the the four chan V uh, video games page, uh, they are using pixels to uh, measure Tifa's cup size to try and figure out like right. the, the circumference and like right. uh, you know roundness of her breast so they could decide whether or not the SJWs got into it. Like, <laughs> but I I mean that's typical. But I like that, but. The game is going to be so much bigger than that, and I, I would actually, hope so. and I actually think that you know there won't be a backlash if it's not one there one adaptation because I think Final Fantasy has entered that space where a lot of people talk about it and uh, talk like I would say seventy five percent of the people who know how great Final Fantasy Seven is have never actually played the game; they've mm, just heard right. people talk about it constantly and, and i actually even bet that people have who have uh who even are big fans of it haven't played it in many many years <laughs> yeah so like i think sure. people are going to be just really into like being able to play as cloud and swing his sword and that's like gets them 60 percent of the way to being happy with this game i don't think a lot of people are going to be I mean, sure, you'll see, you know, the bad posts uh, from certain people, certain elements of fans. But they cut this, they got rid of this, they skipped over that, they changed that. But ultimately, like, people, this is going to be a very polished, uh, well-made 
game that people are probably going to love. Kind of like the Resident Evil uh, 2 remake, which mm. wasn't like a direct uh, remake, yeah. but it looks fantastic and kept and updated all the aesthetics that people liked about the old one. And yeah, that's going to be enough. Word. Yeah, yeah, no, but no one complained about that one because, like, it did fine. It did what right. it need, uh, needed to do, which is it, like not, you know, rep- uh, completely uh, do this thing that's, you know, right. fifteen years old. Like most of the, like so many of the fan original fans of Final Fantasy VII, like don't play games anymore, are dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like that's how old the game is. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually think I think what you'll see is like. Uh, it really depends on whether the game is good or not. I yeah. think if the mm-hmm. game kind of sucks, everyone will be like mad about every little thing with it. But if it's like pretty good, I think people will like it. I I think that's really the secret is that Resident the Resident Evil Two remake is like pretty good, <laughs> like and it's fun to play. I think that's right. I mean, that just makes sense, and like it's it's hard to say that way because it's like you know, no one wants to to just boil down the review to is the game good or is the right. game not good, especially with something that has like cultural cachet. But like. I mean, that's just, it is what it is. Like, I think think you're absolutely right. Like, if this game's good, people are just going to lump it into their memories about the old game. If the game's bad, then it's going to create, like, a whole thing for people. You know, people are going to be mad in a different way, I guess. They'll be mad at every single thing about it. We'll get the we'll get the pixel by pixel measurements of Tifa's uh, bra size. We'll get everything. All right. Well, let's talk about one thing that people were mad at. That was actually surprised by, and people might be surprised to know that I thought it was kind of cool. And that was another game by Square Enix um, uh, and Crystal Dynamics, and Marvel's Avengers. Okay. Um, people were not kind to this game. I, I really mean not kind. They were kind of mean to uh, the cast because they weren't like the actual the real cast, cast. <laughs> the real cast right. from Marvel right. from the movies. And I'm like, I was right. kind of surprised that people thought that that was going to happen or would even care at this point. Like, who wants that shit? Those people don't. They're those actors barely look like anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, who, yeah, it's like, weird. Right, like, would they? I mean, like, does it really change things that much if you're yeah. looking at Robert Downey Jr. and then playing as Iron Man? Like, it's the I, how much of this do you think is like? So, how much of this do you think is from people who have played video games with like licensed characters in it before? Like, if you played a Madden, it's cool to see right. like the characters look like themselves more or less, depending on what Madden you're playing. Like, it's cool to be like, oh, I recognize that character. Or, like, you know, if, if right. someone is the character, like, they, they buy the likeness or whatever. Like, fine, whatever. Um, but once you're actually playing the game, it's almost always from behind. You're rarely ever looking <laughs> at the face. Like, who cares? Yeah, it, it, that, that's important. That's cool you mentioned that, Trevor, because I can't even remember the last licensed game I played, like, based on the movie with, like, the actor or actress in it. That era of, like video gaming like ended around like um the ps3 era like it's absolutely this, yeah. this is like the first like I, I i mentioned on the show a number of times like avengers biggest movie in the world no fucking video games for any of the three films like right at certain point like marvel and dc kind of dropped the ball and all like the movie companies like just stopped making adaptations like that used to be a thing every time you got one of these big sci-fi action um superhero films you would get a video game adaptation and pe- and they just stopped doing that that was no longer thing even mad max which came, which came which was developed at the same time as the film um came out much later and didn't have tom hardy in it at all like it was right. just it was just its own it was promoted as kind of its own uh thing and it was actually a very good game uh for it for taking that extra time but that i don't know what pe- how people were like were still in that mindset like they were going to see scarlett johansson and tony stark <laughs> in this game like it just didn't make sense to me that and they were and like the, with with the presentation they actually brought out like the voice actors to have them like come out and show who they are and talking some of them are pretty famous voice actors but people were still kind of shitty people, about yeah. it What's weird to me about it, too, is, like, the, the alternative, right? Like, I mean, and, and gamers aren't really known. Like, I, you know, my whole audience, I love gamers just fine. But, like, gamers aren't particularly known for um, 
understanding what they're choosing between. Like, they mm-hmm. think that they could just choose the best option between any number of options. Whoa, 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 Trevor, slow down. I think this is not a gamer problem. I think this was a filmer problem. Yeah, <laughs> this might have been a filmer problem. I kind of agree, actually. This is well, more so, of that classic filmer toxicity. Um, but please continue, please. Continue. Oh, but no, I mean, you're right. Like, I think, like, the, the you're, you're not wrong. Like, I think the one, the one gamer problem, maybe even the filmer problem here, is that, like, what you're choosing between... Between like a a game where you can't afford to get the likenesses, but you make a full game, is like you're doing that, or you're doing a free to play game. You're doing a, like a, a phone right. app. You're doing like Marvel Ultimate Alliance on the iPhone, or like Marvel Ultimate Alliance with uh, in app purchases on your Switch or whatever. Like that's the alternative. It's not like oh, I wish we could have you know. I wish we could have the actors do a whole other movie, but instead it's all like they just do mocap and it's a video game. Like that's truly never going to happen. And maybe that's the expectation that the filmers uh, bring to the table. That's, that's toxic. But like, you know, if you're, if you're complaining about getting a game where it's like, well, they don't look like the Avengers. It's like, well, it's either this or you get another point and click Diablo clone that you don't like. Right. I actually like thought it looked cool. Like I actually, yeah, me too. So one thing I do kind of, I like about the MCU and I praise them for is their kind of the way they adapt, you know, the Avengers into this kind of realistic space, right? Like the Marvel realism that you saw in like the Captain America films. And I think this video game captured that as yeah. well, like captured like the tone of the MCU in a way that kind of looked you know, from the brief glimpses of gameplay could be fun and interesting. The fact that it's like a fucking co-op game, um, that they're going to be adding all these extra characters. All that seems like something that like, if you're an Avengers fan, an MCU fan, you would be dreaming about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. My, my big, my biggest downside with this game, which I did think looks cool. is just that I'm truly bored of these specific characters yes. and I never sure. even liked them to begin with. Like, <laughs> I don't, th- I don't like Iron Man. I don't like Captain America. I'm so bored of those characters, but I do think this like kind of, this does look like a cool game. And, uh, frankly, I don't want fucking Chris Evans' face <laughs> in any of my video games. So oh, but he's, he's, he's Democrat Bay. Uh. <laughs> Chris Pine, yeah, he's, in, he's making a new program to, to bring everybody together. <laughs> Chris Pine is the only Chris will stand on this show. He's the sure, only, yeah, uh, but it, it, a fine Kirk. But they, fine I'll, I'll Kirk. buy that. That's good. So what they uh, there was also a little bit something interesting when they came out to explain the game. So like people were because people have been talking about this game for a very long time. We weren't really sure what it was going to be. Um, the fact that it's going to be kind of a games as service game where like uh-huh. they're going to keep putting out characters and DLC, but they're also not going to charge for it. I don't know. Like is where is this going to be like Warframe? Um, kind of thing. That's kind of like the impression I got um, from it. That, but there's n- not going to be any random loot boxes as well. And it's like, why are they doing this for this game? Because it seemed like a very narrative based game too. Like they, like those things usually don't go together. So it's kind of seems yeah. like a new bold thing that they're trying with this one. I could see it being. So my guess would be, and I maybe this is more of a projection than anything. But I don't know why people haven't looked at. And I mean. You know, this is in the this is with the caveat that games of service is like a bummer, but I think it's a bummer that like is just going to happen. Like it, it's it's printing money. None of these studios are going to say they are not going to do games of service at some point or another. But I don't know why game studios aren't looking at um, Rainbow Six Siege and saying like, "There's a thing that works. Let's follow up with that." Where like effectively, you just take the game, you make a base product, and then over time you just develop these like really solid new characters and put them in with season passes and people buy the season passes because right. they're reasonably priced. And you say, all right, I'll, I'll stick with the game. I'd like to stay current. Um, so my guess is it could be something where like there is a core narrative element and then the characters that get added in, get added in as sort of like secondary parts. So, you know, like be cool. maybe, maybe you could do it where like, okay, Iron Man and Cap are sending you out on a mission and you take a, a certain strike team and you can filter in people back and forth. Or maybe it's like the core Avengers make up most of the narrative and then you can kind of like pop in people in any given DLC. I don't, I, let me say, I don't, I want to say, I don't think, cause it definitely could be. I hope it's not loot crates and I hope it's not like Warframe cause <laughs> Warframe's like Warframe. Like it's, it, it that wouldn't work for an Avengers game. I don't think. Um, I like Warframe, but I don't want to, I don't think that's clonable. 
Um, so I'm hoping it's that. All right. So speaking of a game that will have a movie star in it, yeah. Cyberpunk 2077. One of the only movie stars. One of the only real <laughs> the movie last stars we have left. One of the ones last Tom time. Cruise, Keanu Reeves. Those are the movie stars we have left. I think Charlize, Charlize Theron. Charlize, yeah, I could put Charlize up there. There's a, but there's only a few movie stars. It's true. And so um, they revealed uh, during their you know new gameplay footage that he will, Keanu will be playing a character in yep. the game that you'll uh, run across. Yeah. Not clear whether he is a romance option or not, but I feel like <laughs> some people will be very Fingers angry crossed. if he's not. Pretty strong yeah. chance, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, I am very excited for Cyberpunk 2077 because it's made by CD Projekt Red, who made The Witcher 2 and The Witcher 3, which might be right. the two best games of all time. It's so, the people from The Witcher making the Neuromancer video game. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I, I, I'm I, pretty fucking excited for uh, Cyberpunk. Sure. It, it's it's funny. I um, I started off super excited about Cyberpunk. I followed the Twitter when it was like, you know, we started Twitter. Like, who knows what we'll tweet and stuff like that. And I don't know, like, somewhere around the time where CD Projekt Red just kept hiring um, uh, social managers who were just like, you know, the worst people in the world and, uh, and like the weird announcement schedule and stuff. Like it just, I kind of got post hyped out about it. Like I, it's one of those games that I'm going to buy and I'm going to play all the way through and I'm hoping I'll enjoy, but my expectations of it were like sky high. And now I'm just kind of like, yeah, it looks fine. Like, I think it'll be good. I think it'll be fun. But, uh, you know, part of my brain is just like, it's another open world RPG, um, which feels, I mean, that, that's a, a good luxury it's a good problem to have but i feel oversaturated by those well trevor let me explain to you um why you're doing <laughs> wrong think right now okay what is great about the witcher is not in any of the trailers it's not in any of the hype it's not in any of the anything it's the it's the storytelling the of the small stories that makes mm -hmm. it so good right sure. and like you can't put that in any hype video you just can't do it and so i when i tell people like you know what this game is going to be fucking fantastic it is because they're going to have the same writers putting the same care into every character every side mission every story and that's what's going to separate it from like every open world uh rpg that's ever has come out pr pretty much like right. it, it like the the like the storytelling and the which is so nuanced and textured and layered and both witcher 2 and witcher 3 it's just like it's it, when i played the witcher 2 i when i fin i was like finally they made a video game for adults that's what <laughs> i felt when i was playing like witcher 2 and i think cyberpunk 2077 is gonna have the same thing so i would actually recommend ignoring all the hype from now and just playing the game. Don't, don't pay attention to anything that comes out um, before um, because it's really not going to do the game any service. And I actually want to talk about one thing specifically um, that people, you know, talked about uh, related to Cyberpunk 2077 with the discourse um, that was awful. And that was the Cyberpunk is xenophobic uh, thread. Did, yeah. did everyone see oh, that? Oh, no. <laughs> It's the, it, the, the thread. I don't want to call this person out. They seem they don't seem like a bad person. They're not they're not a bad person. They're I've seen good posts from them before. So let's not call this person out as a individually. This is just more like what Twitter does to people and makes them how they makes them behave. Because I've, I've 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 mentioned on the show several times, right? When we're looking at something like Die Hard or Blade Runner, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you see a lot of Japanese stuff there, and that's because during the eighties, uh, Japan was this technological, economical, economic um, powerhouse that was making you know global uh, growth. And now, what's funny? What's interesting to to, about that to me right now is that of course like that all died because the J japanese economy uh crashed for like tw uh, like 10 years they call it like the lost decade in japan it's a massive crash yeah, yeah so massive it makes 
Makes 2008 look like nothing. Yeah, it was a massive crash. So that future was canceled, basically. And But now that, you know, cyberpunk is coming back as this retro futuristic thing, all of that Japanese stuff is coming back. All of those cityscapes, those big advertisements, all that stuff. And somebody made a thread basically trying to say, in, say, you know, that, but also adding in kind of this woke take of, oh, all of that stuff was also like xenophobia around fear of Japan taking over. And this is why cyberpunk is xenophobic and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, there's some element of truth to that, but that really wasn't the point. Like, I don't think that when, you know, Deckard is using the chopsticks in Blade Runner that that is supposed to be shocking and dystopic <laughs> to audiences. I think it really Scott was just like, oh yeah, Japan is going to be big in the future and yeah, people are going to eat uh, Japanese food in Los- in the future in Los <laughs> Angeles, which they do. And right. it's not a dystopia. People never that. used chopsticks in Los Angeles. <laughs> I know. It's never, it never happened. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure they were using them like then at the time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, but yeah, I don't know about that take. I don't know about you know uh, uh, seeing things that are Japanese is is xenophobic. I I just don't know. Uh, uh, but but best of luck to that guy out there, and uh, we're all having fun out here online. <laughs> I mean, the, the weirdest I saw someone respond to it, and the the best take I saw of it it might have been it, it might have been one of my stream buddies who was, who messaged it to me. I can't remember where I saw it, but the it was like the, the the point was you know like we're we're going in on on cyberpunk being xenophobic, and then like conveniently forgetting that some of the major major yes. things that created cyberpunk were japanese yes like like akira like akira is like the the heart like the pumping blood of the visual side of cyberpunk i mean i don't know how you think about that without thinking about akira without thinking about some of those early like you know those '80s animes, those cityscapes. I mean, uh, right. video games, anime. Yeah, those bubble all gum. inform that. Bubblegum bubble gum crisis. Bubblegum crisis is just Blade Huge. Runner. It's just Blade Runner. It's just Blade Runner. Uh, the anime. Of course, there's Ghost in the Shell, which took. Like there was a dialectic going on between you know Japanese sci-fi and American sci-fi, and Absolutely. both sides thought the future was going to be bad because it was going to be run by corporations, whether those corporations were Japanese corporations in America uh, or, or Japanese corporations in Japan running everything. Right, that was right. not a good thing. No, no, no. People on either side thought that was a bad thing. It's like if you want to – I think the, the, the video game version of it, the best way you can think about it is if you ever played um, – I talked about this. I forget if it was on my podcast or I was guesting on his. But uh, a buddy of mine who runs a podcast called Utopian Horizons uh, and I played through uh, Kojima's uh, Snatcher. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys have played another that. Blade yeah, that game was great. Yeah, yeah. Another Blade Runner basically. Um, yeah. But it's amazing because Snatcher is just like – is Kojima being super concerned about um, – corporations eroding people's humanity. And then by the time you get to Metal Gear Solid, um, Kojima's super worried about nukes and the idea of like of paramilitary societies and stuff. And he just continues it from there on. So like between, you know, like 91 and 99, uh, obviously we know what changes the, the economy collapses, but it's not as if like, you know, uh, Kojima was xenophobic or had the sort of like, anti-Japan influence in his work, which already seems like a, a weird thing to say, and yeah. then suddenly <laughs> didn't in 99, right? Like, it is actually, like, the contextual material right. things going on in the world that inform this stuff, not... I mean, and, and right. that can be racism. That can totally be xenophobia, for sure. Like, there's, it's not to say there's no cyberpunk out there that's not, like, racist or xenophobic. Of course there is. Yeah. But, like, the bones of that, I would, I would totally agree with you guys. Like, it's not... That's completely not the point the point's capital yep all right and speaking of capital and corporations that control our lives <laughs> we have to talk about the star wars game ea sure. and disney um two of the worst companies out there have come together put their billions and billions of dollars um, together to make the worst looking Jedi ever. <laughs> oh man! I, I, Jet, the Star game Wars looks Jedi. cool. He does not look like a Jedi. Star Wars he, like Jedi wears like a, a little a jacket. What the fuck? He has a droid on his back. I don't yeah, know. He what's wears going. like a poncho. He's wearing like a. It's 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 weird. I haven't seen anything from this. I I 
I got to tell you, I try to, and I, I know this is not a struggle session position. Um, and, <laughs> and I should say, like, I love Star Wars. I, I loved the original trilogy. I watched all the prequels, you know, and I, I watched um, uh, Force Awakens and I enjoyed Force Awakens. I even watched, I even watched Solo with my brother-in-law and enjoyed watching Solo. Like okay. I can, I can get, I can get taken in. By Star Leslie, Wars. Be respectful, please. Be respectful. Like, I mean, I, I'm not going to argue it's a good movie. Don't <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed my time in the movie theater. I'll say that. Um, yeah, I mean, I like, actually kind of generally feel the same way, and it's easier for me to get into that feeling when it is a video game. Like, I want to play this game. It looks like cool to me. It's a next gen, like, narrative Star Wars game. Yeah, but the discourse around Star Wars for me, like, I have to go. I have to see the Last Jedi so I can make my opinion up about the Last Jedi, and then I can do the rest of it. But like, honestly, just like watching people argue online about it has just totally soured me on Star Wars. Like, I feel I feel bad. Like, I feel like I'm sort of like, and it's not saying. Oh, that's so that's so heartening to hear. Like, I'm glad to hear, Jack. I'm glad I'm over Star Wars. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's a healthy attitude, actually. That, I mean, it's I, never it's never been like my my heart and soul, but like it is a shame yeah. to lose like a hobby. But you're right. Well, I, I, I I'm it. being I'm being done with Star Wars right after I finish reading the entire extended universe in publication order, <laughs> where I'm at about 1996 right now. So as soon as I finish about like. Uh, 60 books. I'm going to be done with Star Wars forever. You can finally put that down. I'll finally be done with it. I'll know what the true continuity was, and I can like close the book and uh, then get into Star Trek, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this Jedi Fallen Order, like it, it didn't look like anything to me. Like Jack, have you ever played the Jedi Knight games? Yeah, those games are cool, actually. Like, uh, it, like it, I don't like, know. Comparing it to that, like, there's no comparison. The Jedi Knight games, like, just looks or was so much fun, better. Even, yeah. even the um, the ones that Sam Witwer starred in, um, the PS3 era Star Wars action games, like or Force I, Unleashed. Yeah, Force Unleashed. Even, oh yeah, those were kind of cool. Yeah, even those I like like better than what this game looks like now. It just doesn't. It just. I, I don't know. It's just missing. The something. aesthetic is very weird. The aesthetic is very weird. I, I think I'm still going to play it. I, I don't know. Like uh, it's 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 a lot of killing stormtroopers with lightsabers, and like I still can even get some enjoyment out of playing like Star Wars Battlefront, even though those like especially the the newer ones are like very very flawed games because like. Look, I, I guess I am simple a little bit, and I like do just like to see stormtroopers and shit. Like I like seeing them, and so I don't know. I think I, I think I will probably play this game. It's okay to like stormtroopers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for that. That's a bow take. Um, yeah. Frostbite. I think the problem is like frostbite. It just doesn't yeah. like Star Wars. is supposed to look dirty, yeah. and frostbite looks so clean. Yeah. So frostbite you're right, is such you're a right. nightmare engine. Oh my word. Yeah. It uh, yeah, it does have a weird look to it. I, I can't deny that you're right about these things, but I also can't deny that when I watched this trailer, I, I you know, I felt I felt joy and wanted to play it. <laughs> it's the power of trailers. That's like that's yeah. why E3 is, is remains ascendant because it's true gaming studios basically even when they decide to scale it back, we're like, oh wait, we can just like put out these trailers and people get really excited about anything we say. <laughs> 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 Well, speaking of, this is probably the trailer that people got most excited about, I think. It's the one of the games I wasn't expecting um, that I was most excited about, and that is uh, Ghostwire uh, Uh, Tokyo. That game looks fucking amazing. It It does. Everyone's favorite new developer, too. Uh, What's her name? Um, Ikumi Nakamura. Yeah, it could mean even though she's not a uh, developer, she's not. She's a um, visual artist. She's a um, uh, well. I, I guess she's the director on this. I know before um, on the Evil Within games, she was. She did like the character designs. She did the she was, uh, the settings in Bayonetta, which like I know. I don't know if you've played Bayonetta. Um, yeah, but like a lot of the settings, and obviously Bayonetta is the main, you know, focus for most people, and she's super a super interesting character, but. Um, uh, the settings in those games are brilliant. Like they're just yeah, like, they're very cool, very cool, very well done, very much like Devil May Cry, but with a flair that I think a lot of the the sort of worst DMC games were missing. Um, yeah, she's she has a, a hell of a of a um, 
bio. I mean, a hell of a CV. Like yeah, <laughs> she's yeah, done a lot. And yeah, she's Ghostwire a, looks really good. Yeah, she's a really great artist. And this is the new game from Shinji Mikami, of course, director of um, Resident Evil Four. I think he did the he did the original right too. Resident Evil One, um, Resident Evil Four, The Evil Within, which I was. I'm, I don't. Yeah. If you have not played The Evil Within and you liked Resident Evil Four, play it. it. Is the true sequel to it. It's a fantastic game. I haven't played. Uh, the Evil Within two yet, but everybody says it's even better um, mm-hmm. than the uh, than the first one. So, like those games are just uh, fantastic, I think. And this is a completely new style. This is um, more of an action game than a survival horror one, but like it looks like a great action game. It takes place in uh, modern Tokyo, where. Um, the leftovers happen. The ra- the rapture. Yeah, I guess happen. the leftovers have, <laughs> happens. Yeah, everybody disappears and like. Or the Thanos snap. It could also be the Thanos snap. It's the, <laughs> like it's the, it's Aven- the true Avengers game. They're just like they're, they're doing a switcheroo. <laughs> well, he well it is kind of a. I, I bet he was probably pissed when he watched Endgame and saw um, Hawkeye in uh, Tokyo fighting <laughs> fighting. Like he was like, "Fuck, they stole my shit." God, we- it's gonna be so bad now. Yeah, yeah. but it's like you're playing like this guy with a bow and arrow um who's uh, going around fighting ghosts in tokyo and just it looks so beautiful it looks beautiful yeah no the aesthetic is really cool i i have a soft spot for games like that where they're sort of like not that this is a small studio game or anything like that but like i have a soft spot for games that no one knows about and like just kind of come out of nowhere like those always really excite me more than the games that i've been sold over the past like you know however many years um and like I, I don't know. I think this is cool. I'm really excited about it. I'm. It's, it's more exciting. Go, uh, Ghostwire is more exciting to me than, um, than uh, Elden Ring, which I did not expect. Usually, I'm a Miyazaki mark, and uh, and I'm much more excited about this than that. Well, you you, you mentioned it. Um, this uh, is yeah, I got to Elden Ring. Man, I'm super excited about it, Trevor. I know you're excited about it. Oh yeah, and Jack, day one. I gotta say, you know, this comes at your great pain because, of course, this is what George R. R. Martin is doing instead of finishing the Game of Thrones books. He's um, like going to Japan and consulting with From Software on a game. Of, I don't know why they don't need him uh, to make video games. They make pretty good video games on their own, but. Yeah, I'm excited about this. It looks it's it's another Dark Souls. I'm gonna yeah. play it. It's gonna rule. Yeah, that's my take too. I think like I, the one thing that I've heard that I think I, I will agree with that with people is that like it's a drag that From is committed to dark fantasy now because they used to make all sorts of different genres of games like the Armored Core games rule and like there's all sorts of very cool From games pre Demon Souls and it would be neat to see like what kind of like a fully matured Hidetaki Miyazaki would do with, um, you know, like a sci-fi or like a game in space or something like that. Like I would be very, very into seeing that, but I mean, I don't know. Like you just look at the visuals and it's like, okay, yeah. If you like the dark souls games, you're already there for this. Mm -hmm. Like you're already like, like I, I looked up, I looked up like the, the, the narrator just says that which commanded the stars giving life its fullest brilliance, the Elden ring. Oh, the Elden ring shattered by someone or something. Don't tell me you don't see it. Look up at the sky. It burns, which is like exactly the kind of like, tell me everything and tell me nothing. thing yes. that I always want from every soul's <laughs> intro. It's like, all right, you're just going to sell me the same thing and I'm going to, I'm going to buy it and I'm going to love it. And it's going to be like my favorite game for a while. Like I am, I'm here for it. I'm yeah. super excited. Jack, how, how does it feel that, you know, our pleasure comes at your pain? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, you know, uh, um, I did. I was not able to get uh, through enough of Sekiro. Um, you know, I uh, uh, and I, I, you know, Leslie, I think I've admitted th- this to you before, but it's truly one of the most shameful things. And I still take uh, I still just feel I, I feel so terribly about this. But I know from seeing his Twitch stream that that John Lovett from Pod Save America got further into Sekiro than me. <laughs> and I and oh, I have no. to. I know. I know. 
And to be honest with you, Sekiro was hard enough for me, and I, I'm a little more of an easy gamer, you know, than Leslie. Uh, with this is a this is a common, you know, uh, a dispute that we have on the show. It's one of the things that uh, that we squabble about. Um, but I'm more of an easy gamer. I'll tell you what, Sekiro was so hard for me that I like stopped playing video games for months it like <laughs> it, it like made me so down on myself but look uh it's hard man don't don't uh, beat yourself up i thank you i really do appreciate you saying that it is hard to too yeah that's, that that's what, yeah um yeah i, I you know i i am really excited for, i'm very excited for uh uh elden ring and uh you know you're excited uh, to get to the first you know two or three bosses and then <sighs> look there will be some like there might be a a more of an incentive for me to see a George R. R. Martin story finish. You know what I mean? Like that might be the carrot that finally gets me through this ordeal to see the ending of a George R. R. Martin written piece that's not wild cards. Nobody say wild cards out there. John Lovett doesn't that's have that kind either. of passion. John Lovett, John Lovett. <laughs> you, know, you can't feel that. I still have to go back sometime and uh, you know, Get at least a little further than love it because uh, that still that still hangs with me every day. One of my buddies, uh, uh, his name's Creel. He has a he has a, a really really good YouTube channel at creeltube.com, and uh, he does a lot of funny animation and, and video game reviews and stuff. And he's a big big Souls head. Like we've talked about it a lot. And um, he's playing through Sekiro now, and he'll just DM me and he'll be like, "This is the worst game I've ever played. I hate this game. I hate it so much." And then like. He'll, he'll DM me a day later. He's like, I beat that. I beat Lady Butterfly. The game is really good now. This is incredible. <laughs> it's just like this the super, of course. just like immediate back and forth. And it's like, you know, I get it. I was like, it was, Sekiro was great because it was the first game I've streamed uh, right when it came out and like played right when it came out in a long, long time. Like it was the first time I could say like, you know, the podcast is successful enough. I need to play a game that people are expecting me to play right when it comes out. And that was... A cool experience and also just like but i mean it's it's souls i mean that's souls that's it's yeah. just it's it's the yeah. it's it's the epitome of that kind of grind so yeah i think you're gonna like elden ring for the time that elden ring gives you that isn't just like <laughs> yeah. completely punishing uh, uh, trevor have you played the surge i haven't i got it i got it in the ps uh the ps plus sale it it passed me by when it was out initially because I wanted to buy it, and then I heard the reviews, and I didn't want to drop fifty on it. Yeah, um, which I don't usually fall into. It's just weird. Usually, I just like buy the games I want to buy, and I don't worry about that. But uh, um, I heard it's really good. It is really, really good. I re- recommend it to all Souls fans and people who think the Souls games are a little bit too hard. It's a little bit on the easier side of okay. Souls, and also um, the villain is Elon Musk. well not necessarily the villain you know but the guy who like fucks up everything and creates all the crazy uh monsters that uh robots that go uh nuts and start killing people um it's elon it's just straight up like elon musk (laughs) so it's 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 a very like uh like the storytelling in the game is actually um very good and i think most leftists will enjoy it yeah, I'm amazed. I mean, like uh, part of the reason that I'm pretty sure I would like it and why I'm going to get come back to it and play it soon is um how much of a cult following it has. Like Souls likes when they fail usually just like fall completely into like darkness. Like no one thinks about them, no one cares about them. People are like, "Well, this wasn't Souls, I don't care." Um but I mean, there's a Purge 2 coming out. I still hear people talking about the Purge. I'm sorry, the Surge. Surge. There's, a, there's a Purge TV co- show coming out. The Surge 2 is coming out. And I still <laughs> hear people talking about the Surge. Like, it's, it, it is, it's one of those games that, like, actually hung around, which makes me think, like, okay, people missed something the first time around. Because, like, I don't know, smart people like you, Leslie, are just, like, saying, like, yeah, leftists would like this game. This game is good. Mm-hmm. Um enough that like people are starting to pay attention again yeah. i'll ask you guys what do you think about uh what do you think watched what do you think of watchdogs brexit <laughs> you guys about watchdogs brexit um the first i've never played any i've never played a watchdog so i, I haven't played a watchdog. I'll, I'll cop to that yeah I, I feel like Watch Dogs is just it, it exists only as a trailer that I see from E3 every couple <laughs> of years. I like watch a six or seven minute long thing about Watch Dogs and then move on with my life. Um, I play. I tried to play the first one. It's awful. It's not 
it's it's a very bad game second one i watched my nephew play a little bit it looked better but like i'd rather just play sleeping dogs again because it still okay. looked well, like fair. like more it's fun as far as a open world uh gta clone goes i don't know they they're they're trying to almost live up to the promise that they had the first one which is this you know where you're in control of this like so you can you you're you get to change characters like you get to get, recruit people change characters for like this anarchist collective that's trying to take down the government i like it seems like a cool concept but the game gameplay does matter and with all the previous watchstar games the gameplay wasn't any good so i'm very skeptical about this one. how are you going to trust ubisoft I mean, how how can you possibly trust Ubisoft at this point? I mean, even the, like, Assassin's Creed games, where they deliberately try to make the gameplay a little bit better, like, I, st- I bought them, and I still can't really get into them. Um, like, I, I, like I, bought, I bought the last two Assassin's Creed, and I know I'll never finish them, because even the people who like them can't finish them, because they're, like, 100 hours long. Yeah, I, people will rave about it, and then be like, yeah, I got about halfway through them. Yeah, like, I think I'll be able to force my way through Far Cry 5, but it's a much worse game than... Uh, gameplay-wise in Far Cry 4. I actually like the story of Far Cry 5. That's the only reason I'm going to push my way through. A lot of people uh, oh. didn't, didn't really like I don't want to spoil it for you, but it... Uh, it uh, well, I mean, you know what? When you finish Far Cry 5, when you force your way through, I'm, I'd be interested to hear what you think of... How oh, I've heard of the ending. I've heard I, of what happens at I the do, ending. I, well, I think Far Cry 3 and 4 had like pretty good like dark ending like i prefer the ending where like um the hero who has spent all the game murdering people ends up being like a piece of shit or the villain ends up being like actually not that bad (laughs) like i I yeah i guess like the problem with the problem with far cry 5 and what i'm interested in what you think about it is like you know how they set up that family is just like this really like grim sort of like picture of of a certain kind of americanism and like they really almost try both sidesism <laughs> like i feel like i feel like they get so close to wanting to say both sides like i don't even care about the dark ending the the lack of any sort of courage in yeah. that game was really a bummer i think um, it's like a nihilist ending is yeah. actually what it is those games are like kind of nihilist uh in a way that i i, I actually find unappealing to yeah. be honest with you i heard what the ending was and i was like Ugh, i don't know all right <laughs> But no, I'm, I'm honestly interested because I wanted to like that game really badly. That yeah. game is like a, a dark spot in my heart. Like <laughs> I wanted, I really wanted to like it. I got early access to it. I felt super special. Um, <laughs> and it just, it didn't, it didn't do it for me. Yeah. I, uh, like just the, the gameplay is just not nearly as fun. Like there's no reason to stealth anything like <sighs> the previous ones. That was like the whole fun was like slowly taking down these bases, but like there's no point. In doing it in this game, it's just... Oh, yeah, you can take on everything. It's just firepower. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. What else um, people were interested in or into? What did you see? Well, what about this? Gooigi? What about what about the famous new Gooigi? What is that? I, <laughs> I, I've seen people talking about it and, like... So, I, in Luigi's Mansion 3, I guess there's a new version of Luigi that's made of green goo, and he's called Gooigi of oh, all right, the there fucking he is. things. Yeah, so what about Gooigi? Um, Leslie, I'm sure that you like Gooigi um, a lot, right? I'm sure that I don't give a shit about Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> what about how it's the year of Bowser or something? The era of Bowser? I don't care, don't care, don't okay. care. And let's get the right Animal to Crossing it. game? I do not care about the sequel to Zelda. Uh, well, I know that you that, don't. See, I'm but, actually really know. excited about the sequel to Zelda. That game was a masterpiece. Uh, yeah, I li- uh, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I, too I'm much of an centrist. argument. I'll come back. I'm a centrist. I'm just the game. <laughs> was not good but switch will finally be getting a good open world rpg game besides dragon's dogma and that is the witcher 3 is coming to switch i don't know how that's possible i really don't because the game barely runs on ps4 right and this (laughs) ps4 is much more powerful than the switch I don't know what kind of, like even when they want to Switch makes it happen. Even when they want to put the Final Fantasy 15 on Switch, they put like the mobile version of it with like GB characters. And I've heard that the I've heard that uh that like Mo- that Monster Hunter World runs terribly on Switch too. Like I I think yeah, I don't know. I am excited. I think it's cool. 
let me let me preface this by saying I have a I do have a problem, and I think probably have Leslie's problem with how much Nintendo goes back to the well with like their sure. franchises. Like, I wish they would do more. Um, I gen I genuinely love a lot of Nintendo games. I loved Odyssey. I think Breath of the Wild is fantastic. Like all this stuff, right? Like I'll I'll cop to that. I think it's they're all really really good. I think the idea that Nintendo's conferences are like. We're announcing this, 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 and this. You knew they were coming. Everyone speculated about them for two years, and now they're coming. And then you'll just have to be quiet for two more years and speculate again. <laughs> like, that's a drag. Um, yeah, I think it's cool that they're kind of like willing to take some of their weird, like loser titles, like Luigi, Luigi's Mansion, and be like, "All right, like we're going to actually put out a real Luigi's Mansion, not like some you know painful 3DS port." Like right. we're just gonna actually try and do a real Luigi's Mansion game on our premiere system and see how that goes. Like it's not as brave as I'd want them to be, but it's something. And like yeah. I'm I'm happy that they're trying something. I really am. I kinda like Luigi's Mansion actually. No, I, think I think it's, it's a like, weird the game. Yeah, I'm kinda cool. I'm happy they're doing another one. I you know, it's like uh it's a weird little side Mario game that uh that I like. <sighs> and yeah, and you know what? I think Gooigi's a pretty funny name actually. Okay. All right. You know what I like? Metroid. I like oh, well, Metroid. Yeah. Bring what, that. Yeah. What? Well, don't they like not like it? Don't the Japanese developers like not think Metroid is that good or something like that? I, I, well, they didn't like Metroid Prime 4 as it was in developing, so they're starting over. What about right. 2D Metroid on the fucking Switch? Would that be so hard? What about you put Super Metroid on the Switch so I can play that game because it's great? Why aren't like why weren't there any announcements from Nintendo about this like online service that they um, made a big deal about at the beginning of the year starting and only put like NES games on? And as we said on the show before, NES games just aren't that good for the most part. Yeah. Like, where too old? Where is the mm-hmm. virtual console for like the Super Nintendo era, or even? Are you telling before? me that the Switch can't play Super <laughs> Nintendo games? <laughs> Maybe not online. Maybe not online. Yeah. <laughs> like, who wants to play NES games online? Who wants to play NES games at all? Like, the, I, I, I right. the jump in quality between NES. And Super Nintendo, 8-bit and 16-bit, is about the same as the jump in quality between 16-bit and now for, for video games. <laughs> like, that is how huge it was. That's how much better games got in that brief right. period of time. I mean, there are some really serious NES games, and I'll, 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 you know what, you know what game I will really step up to bat for um, in in the NES world is actually Metroid on NES. I think that game is actually pretty special, even though it's kind of janky yeah. and like weird but it plays yeah they were trying for really something well. big yeah. there which is pretty cool yeah but super metroid is just like superior so oh, much it is like 10 times way. better but yeah but it's like i mean it's 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 one of those things where like i don't think it's one of those things where i don't think that the the sequel invalidates the original right like you can play right. the original and it's like there are creature features and like elements that they branched out on and like bits that I'm missing here, but I can still play and enjoy this game. Like I'll say that that much for the NES, that there's a lot of things on there where I almost always enjoy the super Nintendo version better, but like I can still play the NES version. Yeah. Now that said, I think there should be, remember those old PlayStation games where it was like Atari classics and you could play like 64 Atari games. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Why don't they release those? If they can't do it online or whatever, why don't they just release like Nintendo classics cartridges because they want to charge like fifteen dollars for each each individual (laughs) game yeah Yeah, they just get to cut they get to cut their losses and just you know true put 20 on a thing and sell it for 60 bucks and make you know a billion dollars you know before before the uh, latest update which i do the updates i had my switch modded i was i had my my switch modded and i had a super nintendo emulator on there and i'll tell you what it's fucking great. It's actually really great. I was playing like Final Fantasy VI on the Switch for a long time. Oh, that's cool. Like, this is fucking fantastic. Uh, I did end up updating it for, I'll tell you what, uh, uh, I also like modded the Switch and then updated it and I'm like back online. Like, they didn't, they didn't catch me somehow. Uh, but yeah, it, the, uh, the, I hope that they get the Super Nintendo games on there because, uh, that is a very good system for it. Yeah, really it is. I will, pl- I'm actually really excited about, um, uh, Doom Eternal. I loved Doom 2016. Oh, yeah. That game was... Doom 2016 was really, really good. Really good. Uh, so if they want to do more of that, even if it's just, like, more of the same, uh, 
you know, pile it on. <laughs> what I have to say about Doom 2016, because I didn't finish it. Like I started, I got pretty far on PS4. Then I switched mm-hmm. over to PC, started over. In between, before I, I that time, um, Rage 2 came out and I played it. And it has the same shooting as Doom, but it's oh. in the open world. So it kind of exposes how dumb the AI is in Doom. And now I'm having trouble going back to Doom because it's like, oh, they kind of just stand still and let you shoot them. Yeah, uh, it is. It's it's 100% a callback to the old Doom games. Yeah. And so, like, I yeah, I totally, I, I hear you. Yeah. Um, so I would say um, play Doom, don't play Rage 2. It's not a very good game. It will make <laughs> Doom worse for you. <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, definitely if you haven't yet, play play Doom. That's a really oh, fun Oh, Doom game. is so good. Yeah. It's so good. Um, and then... Uh, you know I've, what? If you haven't played the original one, play that one, too. Oh, it's man. really good, too. They're still putting out new... John Romero's still putting out new stuff for that. He still puts out mods that... Or not, not mods, wads that you can uh, you can uh, basically patch into your Doom game that you can now get as freeware. It's amazing. I can't... I can't believe it. Um, I will say the other thing I'm interested in uh, for, for sort of like, uh, you know, people who are on a more anime... Uh, an anime uh, mindset. Um, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus uh, is, is getting talked about at um, at uh, by Ex- uh, from Exceed is getting talked about. At, oh yeah, at that E3. does look cool, and that looks pretty cool. That um, a Grand Blue sort of like anime fighter uh, is something that I am very very happy to try and play between uh, Undernight um, installations um, and uh, and Judgment uh, Judge Eyes or Judgment. Um, is finally, I guess, getting released uh, after all that weird stuff with the main actor getting arrested for cocaine and then getting kicked out of the game and stuff. Oh, like the Yakuza. It's like a like Yakuza. Yeah, it's game. by the Yakuza people. It's you play like a private eye. But now that looks like all the main ones we got. That there. seems like the stuff that I'm the most excited for, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, honestly, though, that's that's a decent amount of video games to be excited about, frankly. Yeah, yeah. So this E three, you know, I, it was pretty good, even without um, Sony being there. You know. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so, Trevor, where can people find you? Oh, um, well, people can find me at um, my tweet at Hagelbon, and then also at uh, No Cartridge is the is the podcast uh, account where sometimes I tweet and sometimes others tweet. Um, uh, I'm on Twitch, twitch.tv slash no cartridge. And of course the main place people can find me is on iTunes or really anywhere. Um, you can just Google it and you'll find a million places to, to listen to it. But of course, anywhere you get podcasts, uh, I run the podcast, uh, no cartridge, N O uh, space C A R T R I D G E. Why did I forget how to spell that? Um, where basically every week I interview people about games and like what they, what they like about them and what they think about them. Sometimes very, very, um, up to date stuff. I talked to to Jocelyn Monahan, a um, a riot employee during their walkout, and then sometimes just about stuff that's real old. Um, the most recent one that it's up. I don't know if it'll be still the most recent when this comes out or not, but um, is with is with the live show I did with uh, Josh Sawyer, who's the narrative design narrative lead on uh, Fallout New Vegas. Yeah. He's like the narrative lead at Obsidian. So we talked about Fallout One and uh, and this really really old RPG called Darklands. Um, and so, like, we just, you know, it, it can it can run the gamut. But basically, it's sort of like I bill it as sort of like a highbrow video game talk that can definitely um, fall into the lowbrow pretty quick. <laughs> well, everyone, thank you so much. Have a good one. Peace. Hey, thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah, thanks for going on. Of course.
like what you hear, want to hear more, check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or strugglesession.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.